don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, we got a, you know, a better day today than we got yesterday, and that's not hard to do given that yesterday was one of the worst days we've seen since uh, March of 2020, but it was a better day today. Uh, still not positive across the board or anything, but all eyes are now on tomorrow's Fed meeting. Uh, the Fed will be holding its pressure tomorrow afternoon. The Fed meeting did begin today, uh, but of course, the minutes will come out tomorrow. So all eyes will be on that. The market clearly has been beginning to price in a larger than expected uh, rate hike that Kip talked a lot about yesterday, you know, beginning to price in a 75 basis point hike. And really a lot of people, us included, calling for a full percentage point hike here. Uh, as you've heard Kip and I saying for some time now, they should just go ahead and rip the bandaid off here. You know, don't worry about surprising the market. The market's going to do what the market's going to do. But if you show it, you know, show investors that you're serious about this, serious about handling inflation and ready to get it out of the way, you know, just rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, but we'll have to wait till tomorrow to see. But get your popcorn ready because it certainly will be another interesting day for this week for our markets. Um, and what's also interesting about the, the upcoming rate hike as well, you heard Kip talk about this yesterday too, is that you know we're starting to see it more and more. Investors who think the Fed will go right back to quantitative easing, right back to cutting rates as soon as 2023 or 2024. Even Ray Dalio said last week that central banks will be required to cut interest rates by 2024. Again, we think it could be even sooner than that. But ultimately, we remain confident uh, in our in our prediction that the U.S. will be following along the lines of Europe, along the lines of Japan, in entering negative interest rate territory sooner rather than later. We put that timetable around 2025. Uh, and we say that, you know, with some interesting data here uh, that just goes to show that Everything in our world has been speeding up. You know, when you look at scientific method like Moore's Law or Wright's Law, Moore's Law states that the number of transistors in a uh, chip doubles every two years, I believe it is. I might need a little refresher on that. Um, but Wright's Law is shows that there's even a bigger exponential increase in that as well. Uh, Kathy Wood is a big fan of that method. But that is held true for... Uh, 50 years now. Uh, I believe it was actually more than that. I, I forget exactly when Moore's Law was, um, you know, originally when he, it was 1965 when he first said that and it has rung true. But that doesn't, in our view, just apply to semiconductors. A lot of people use that to apply it to technology in general. And we're seeing it in the stock market as well. Check this out. Now that the S&P has officially dipped into bear market territory down 20%, you know, as we look at it, that's a rather arbitrary type of indi indicator there. Uh, you know, don't read too much in, don't buy too much into, oh, we're in a bear market now because we're down 20%. Uh, 
no, I mean, it's more about what the market does from there. There's been plenty of instances where we briefly dipped into bear market territory and got right back out. But the point for this is, now that we're in bear market territory, this has been the shortest bull market run since the bull market from 1946 to 1948. So I just went 23 months or so uh, since coronavirus insanity took us in to, the, to a bear market and then we got out very quickly there. But that is uh, what is so interesting about this is that it was also the quickest bull market ever to double over 100% gains in the S&P. So that's right, the quickest stock market double in history. Pretty astounding info there, for, thanks to Ryan Dietrich. But again, shows how everything is speeding up in our world here. Uh, and we look at that as the same way for this bear market. We continue to think that this bear market will be short-lived. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be more pain ahead. We're not trying to call a bottom here. We just hit 52-week lows today. Um, you know, trying to call, call a bottom is a lot like trying to catch a falling knife. Why do it when you don't have to? Um, but over the longer term, if you are a, you know, an investor with a long time horizon and you are willing to buy at these levels, we continue to believe that over the next few years, you'll be very pleased with yourself about that decision. Now, again, no need in trying to catch the bottom here, but we're coming up on an opportunity to that is an opportunity for generational wealth, much like the lows of 2020 from coronavirus insanity, even the lows from 2018. If you got anywhere near those levels, uh, you were rewarded in very short order. But going back to the founding of the U.S. stock market, we've never had a bear market that didn't ultimately end in us hitting fresh all-time highs. Now, of course, this time could be different, uh, but it hasn't. It has always been true that we've gotten back to all-time highs. The U.S. stock market is one of the greatest wealth creation vehicles in all of history. Uh, so we continue to remain you know, bullish on the future of the U.S. economy, our stock markets here. Uh, you know, Just like every other problem we face in this country, we will get past this. Uh, and here's one more example. Um, you know, Just looking at what to expect after a bear market. Going back to 1950, after falling 20%, here's what the S&P does over the next three, six, and 12 months. After dipping 20%, three months later, the median gain is 5.8%, and the markets are higher 80% of the time. Those are pretty good numbers there. 12 months later, the median gain is 23.8% with markets higher 70% of the time. So again, if you're willing to ignore some of the short-term day-to-day noise uh, and take some risk on this market, you know, again, not saying that that necessarily has to be today. You've got a little time to do it likely. Um, you know, but with everything happening faster today, uh, depending on what the Fed says tomorrow, we could be right back off to the races. It's uh, really anybody's uh, take at this point. So that all said, let's take a look at our market action on the day today. We finished with three out of our four major indexes in the red today. We were led by the NASDAQ, which is good to see, up 0.18% to 10,892. Next up, 
we had the S&P down 0.3% to 3,735. Next up, the Russell 2000, which was our only major index to hold out above its 52-week low yesterday, but we did break it today down 0.39% to 1,707. And lastly, the Dow down half a percent to 30,000. 364. Again, that is 52-week lows, at least at the lows of the day, across the board for our major indexes. But on the bright side here, as we talked about a lot last week, that our markets were at overbought levels on our VRA momentum oscillators, we've quickly, quickly gotten to oversold levels on our VRA momentum oscillators. Again, that doesn't mean that the bottom is in. But if you looked back at our VRA momentum oscillators for the last, you know, really since the bull market top in November, December, early January, these have been spot on for identifying short-term moves. Uh, so again, we saw our overbought markets, got out of a few trades, and then we got back to lows here. Now we're hitting those oversold levels, not quite extreme oversold just yet, but depending on tomorrow morning's action, it could line up pretty perfectly with the Fed meeting tomorrow, um, you know, to get at least a tradable low in, uh, where we can get a few trades to the upside uh, and then reevaluate from there. Also today, you know, it's going to be really interesting again to see this Fed meeting tomorrow because we've seen the U.S. dollar continue to hit 20-year-plus highs, and when you see that, it begins to make a little bit more sense of what we're seeing in the market right now, given that really over the last five years or so, the dollar has had a strong negative correlation with not only stocks, but cryptocurrencies as well. So to see this latest move on, you know, it wouldn't surprise you then to know that we have an extremely strong U.S. dollar here. But the good news also is that the dollar is at extreme overbought levels right now. So this is about when you expect a little alleviation from the stronger dollar pressure. Um, we're also seeing the same in bond yields right now, hitting extreme overbought territory. We got to a new 52-week high today uh, from the 10-year hitting a 3.48 here at the close. That's the highest reading on the 10-year yield since 2011. Uh, so you know, what may be more interesting than that, though, has been the massive increase we've seen in mortgage rates, which has jumped. They were at 5.5% last week, today hitting a 6.28%, meaning that mortgage rates have now more than doubled since the end of 2021 in just six months. So if the Fed wants to slow down the housing market, you know, that's one way of doing it right there. Unfortunately, that won't benefit the U.S. consumer, not in our view. This just makes it even more likely that, as you probably heard, massive companies like BlackRock and other mega cap financial firms like that are buying up the lower end of the housing market all over the United States. And given their assets under management, they likely, and they do, get much better rates than an individual would. Uh, so. You know, very little doubt here that they're going to continue to distort the reality of the housing market and make it even more more unaffordable for the middle to lower class Americans trying to buy a home out there. Really, anywhere from the price range up to five hundred thousand dollars, they're buying up everything. 
that they can. And if the U.S. government really was serious about helping Americans, they would put a stop to this now. It's it's pure manipulation of the housing market uh, to turn the U.S. society into a nation of renters. They don't want you owning land. They don't want you to be independent. They want you to be reliant on the government. This is how we get to Klaus Schwab's Great Reset Agenda of by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Um, you know, again, all of those people, I'm talking about BlackRock, the World Economic Forum, and the U.S. government, we all know they're really on the same team here. And that's not our team. As George Carlin said, it's all one big club and you ain't in it. It's exactly true. It's true then, it's still true today. And you can see it by following some of these things. All right, so, so turning the page here, let's take a look at our internals on the day. We had some hope here earlier in the day. Uh, we had slightly positive numbers on advanced decline, slightly positive on volume. But we ended the day mostly negative, but still much better than yesterday's internal readings. Declining stocks did beat out advancing stocks today for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ, but again, not as bad as yesterday. New 52-week highs and lows, really about the same camp as yesterday. We had maybe a little bit better. We had still a combined just under 1,900 stocks hitting 52-week lows. We did have over 1,900 stocks hitting 52-week lows yesterday, but remember, Kim talked about this yesterday on the podcast for, excuse me, for volume. Today was much better than yesterday. We would even call this a bright spot for today's action. Yesterday, the NYSE's volume was 98% down volume. That's the worst day on record for the NYSE since 1987 in the Black Monday crash, where it was 99.8% downside volume. So the second worst reading on record. That seems to be, it very likely could be a capitulation-esque reading right there. Uh, even though we did hit lower lows today, you know, bottoms are messy. So, uh, you know, I think we might look back on this going forward and say, you know, that was a pretty good indicator that we were nearing the lows. Uh, but today, NYSE still had negative volume, but again, not nearly as bad as yesterday. And we actually managed to come in positive on volume for the NASDAQ. Ah, oh, one <laughs> just got a refresh of the reading, came in exactly even today for the NASDAQ. But hey, after yesterday's action, we'll take that as a win. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with two out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by technology, so good to see there. We want to see tech leading the way. And we also saw the semis higher on the day today, so good to see as well. Both of those were hitting oversold levels, pretty, not quite, but pretty much at extreme oversold, very close there. Again, tomorrow morning, we'll be looking for that extreme oversold reading leading up to the Fed meeting. Uh, and then our laggards, oh, sorry, our other leader on the day was energy, just barely managed to finish positive. And our laggards on the day were utilities, consumer staples, healthcare, and real estate. Let me get uh, one last reading here before I continue. We did see a 52-week low today from the housing index, but the transports, transports up a nice, over 2% on the day, rallying off their 52-week lows yesterday uh, as one of our leading economic indicators good to see there. And they are at also oversold levels there. So this is about the level you would look for a bounce. 
Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch gold now down 1.18% to $1,810 an ounce. Silver down a little more, 1.28% to $20.98 an ounce, getting really close to its 52-week low there of $20.42 an ounce. Uh, so just over 50, roughly 56 cents away from its 52-week low now. We want to see that hold. Copper now down 1.76% to $4.13 a pound. And oil now down 1.82% to $118 a barrel. Interestingly today, natural gas, huge down day today. Now down 15.76%, the largest down day uh, in the history of that sector, I believe. Uh, maybe it was one of the ETFs that tracks it. Um, but still a huge down day going to be reporting on that more here as well. Finally for today, Bitcoin off its lows of the day, still down. Let's see if we've got a, any update here actually, before I dive into that down a little more now down 5.13% to $22,048 a Bitcoin, but that's well off the low levels from this morning. Because this morning we hit its lowest level since December of 2020, almost breaking $20,000 of Bitcoin at $20,860. Uh, really, it's been a fall off a cliff type of move for cryptocurrencies recently. Hard to believe that just last fall, cryptocurrencies market cap was over $3 trillion. That's for combined cryptocurrencies. That number is now below $1 trillion. Uh, you know, one of the signs that we could be looking for for a bottom here is a liquidation of one of these heavily leveraged crypto firms, whether it's MicroStrategy or um, oh, I'm blanking on um, Celsius, you know, one of the other bigger ones out there or some of these other companies that have massive leverage uh, to cryptocurrencies. I believe that I saw earlier MicroStrategy's paper losses so far are over like a trillion dollars. Like, uh, you know what? Forget I said that because I, I want to get the exact numbers and get that right because it's astonishing the losses that they've seen. But is this the kind of 2008 Lehman moment where Lehman went under and it got close to marking the bottom there as well? So, you know, we'll, we'll continue to be reporting on that here. Uh, that being said, though, you know, over the longer term, unless cryptocurrencies do turn out to be some type of, uh, you know, government created invention uh, to get us all onto digital currencies, then of course we, we don't like this space at all. But looking at it, it does seem like we're getting close to some serious opportunity uh, in this space. So we'll keep you posted here and alerted uh, to when we see Bitcoin and crypto starting to bottom. But for right now, it looks too soon to be acting aggressively here. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.